It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's up, lacrosse fans? You found us once again because you're on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. That's where this podcast happens. It's Lacrosse Classified coming your way. Episode number 149. My name is Jay Kelly. My co-host name is Jamie Dowick. And we got a big program lined up once again here, Jamie. Let's get you in here, man. Uh, It's Monday. We're recording the podcast just as uh, NFL Monday Night Football is about to kick off from Vegas. Uh, Give me your prediction here right off the top. How's it going? Who's winning the game tonight, Baltimore or Las Vegas? Okay, well, I'm doing okay. Thanks for having me again. And what's good to be here with you? Here's my prediction. Since I went over on all my bets yesterday. <laughs> over. If I was over, and I don't want to tell you how many there were. Uh, there's more than I'd like to say. But I went over. So logic would tell me to take Baltimore tonight. So if you want to make money tonight, I would be betting on the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders. Uh, and uh, take the points. Yeah, they're uh, all... first first game in that stadium yeah. with fans. It'll be the uh, Death Star. This yeah, thing is wild. Baltimore's this been dealing with a lot of uh, you know turmoil over the last week, losing guys. So yeah. I, you know, I think Baltimore's probably the better team, but I think tonight, you know. I might like the Oakland Raiders. Okay, over under, and my my free tip to bet tonight, based on a guy that went over yesterday, <laughs> is take the Raiders on the money line. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, so the picks didn't go so well. How about the fourteen fantasy leagues that you're in? Well, three. Okay. Uh, we're 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 two and zero oh. here, oh. and. Uh, we got to dodge a little Lamar Jackson tonight. That's why you're heavy on Oakland, because you don't want to see Lamar. Well, no, I just, no, that didn't, I had the same opinion before, but, uh, you know, I think I'm playing Challen in that one. I got oh. a Challen off. Okay. And, uh, hopefully go have a 3 and 0 weekend to start. So, All right. Well, uh, yeah, fingers, good for, fingers crossed. Good to have football back. It was, it is. Uh, and, uh, man, it's been uh, – I actually got to call some football on Friday, uh, a little high school action out there in North Vancouver, Buchanan Bowl, the – I think it was the 34th annual Buchanan Bowl. So that was good to shake the rust off. My Langley Rams uh, got off to a good start this week as well as they went 1-0, and and they get their home opener this weekend, which I'm – Hoping to be ready to go at least well enough to stand up and, and call that thing coming up on Saturday as I go under this. So when you listen to this podcast, people, I could very well be knocked unconscious with a surgeon over top of me with a blade cutting into my body. So get that image into your head as you enjoy Lacrosse Classified this week. So I'm hoping to be ready to go for, for the Rams home opener on the weekend. But yeah, it's good to have football back. This, however, Jamie, is a lacrosse podcast. And we got lots to talk about this week, including going lacrosse the nation to Oakville, Ontario, 
And we got Dan Dahl. You lined it up this weekend. I love it, Jimmy. Pulling your weight on the podcast this week. You lined up the dangerous one. We're going to talk to Dan Dawson in quarter number two. That's going to be pretty awesome because we've had Dan on the podcast before. And I've said this many a time. He's one of my favorite guests, if not the favorite, to talk to. Yeah, he's just he's just a great guy to talk to. Great, uh, great knowledge of the game. Great player. Just great ambassador. So, you know, entertaining, funny guy. Uh, he'll be great to have on. No doubt. Uh, Stampede Stallion in quarter number four, your selection. You're keeping it local. I'll say that a little tip off there for the listeners. Uh, so look forward to the Stampede Stallion in quarter four. Lots of quick sticks in quarter number three. And, of course, the big focus here in quarter number one. But, Jamie, we can't get to the big focus before I ask you some questions. Um, so let's do that first. And I got a, I got a couple of softies here for you this week. I think I've been coming at you pretty hard. And and listen, I know a lot of people have really enjoyed your honesty, your candidness, um, your upfrontness, your on like all of it. And I have as well. And I said this on Twitter. Like I know when I ask you a question, I'm going to get your honest opinion to it, regardless of whether people are going to like it or not. That's just the only way. You know how to do it. And I've tried to focus myself on asking questions that I think people want answers to from a person in your position. So I know a lot of people have reached out and said, like, having you co-hosting and answering these questions has been remarkable. So I just wanted to echo echo those sentiments to you. No, I just say I appreciate that. I mean, that's why I'm I'm doing this with you. I mean, you're a butt of mine, but, you know, I think – you know, I know that's what you're trying to do is just educate the, the lacrosse fan. And, you know, if I can bring something to the table, then, uh, you know, I'm happy people are enjoying it. And, uh, you know, yeah, that, and it's, that makes me want to continue it's you not know, just, to, to help out. So <clears throat> I was just going to say, it's not just uh, and, and the fans and, and those listeners are, are the most important, of course, but it's not just them. It's been players. It's been coaches. It's been GMs. It's been executives higher than that that have uh, reached out and, and just said they're really enjoying it. So let's keep it going here. Um, I've never, I don't think I've ever asked you this. If you could change one rule in lacrosse, what would it be? Ooh, if I could change one rule in lacrosse, what would it be? Ooh, that's a tough one. Oh, uh, man, I thought you were going to give me a good one there, Jimmy. You, you guarded against oh, that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, you know... Listen, I'm not going to – I don't know if it's – I don't know. I can't come up with anything real good off the top of my head. Okay. One thing I will say is, you know, I love the, the – I love the roughness of our game. I uh, I love – you know, I love a good fight. I don't want to see anyone get hurt. But, you know, I do love that aspect of our game, and I think it's something that, you know, needs – to remain in our game and is an important part of our game. So yeah, I think that's well, that's that's a fair point. And, and listen, from a guy that that kind of did that job for a long time during his playing career, I've um I've come around on on things as far as fighting goes. Like I think long gone are the days where it's like okay, let's line up at center on the opening face off and just fight for the sake of fighting. I I I think that needs to go away, but. I think you also need to be able to play the game. Like, I don't think you can just plug a guy on the end of your bench and, and wait to tap him on the shoulder to go dummy somebody either. Like, I don't want, I don't really want to see that. But 
You know, listen, somebody dirties one of your star players, runs your goaltender, or you're down 6 nothing out of the shoot in a game and you need to change the momentum, I still think there's a place for it in our game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and I, I'm, I agree with you. I'm not for, you know, the staged whatever and this and that, but I do think, you know, there, there is a place for it in our game, and I think it's – it's an entertaining part of our game. and, and um, Yeah, I always you know, say that too, Jamie, that nobody is leaving the building when a fight breaks out at a lacrosse game. Like, they're standing no, up I mean, out of their seats. At the end of the day, I think everyone, most people enjoy, that are lacrosse fans quite enjoy it. Listen, bottom line is you don't want to see anyone get hurt. No. You know, I, I think... Uh, and sometimes fighting precludes know, that from a guy taking a swing at your head with his stick instead of his fist. Exactly, exactly. So there, there's more to it than that, for sure. All right, favorite road city. I know the boys on the back of the bird have been kind of chronicling each visiting city and what kind of happens, uh, which I've really been enjoying because I've been to most and, and kind of, you know, I've been following along with that. But for you as an owner, what city do you like to go to the most? I, I think I know the answer to this. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a Colorado yeah. guy, so, uh, you know, obviously I, I like to go to Denver. I love the city. Uh, you know, the weather's generally great no matter what time of the year you go, and it's just, you know, a great setup in, a, in the whole city there to be able to take advantage of everything there. So Maybe the second. I knew you were going to say that, so maybe I should ask you the second most favorite. My second most favorite city. Well, I don't know if it's there. I, I mean, I enjoy going to Vancouver, another place we don't go very often. Um, you know, being familiar with the city a little bit, that's always fun. You got a little family Halifax, out here. Yeah. Yeah, I do. My sister's out there. I think Halifax is going to become a favorite. You yeah. Know, get out there, have a nice seafood meal, um, and, and enjoy it out there. So we, we were out there once last year, right before the pandemic, and the weather wasn't, you know, it was really bad weather while we were out there but um that'll be another one for me uh yeah u.s city i mean listen buffalo rochester all those places we bust in and out like we go in on a friday night we play saturday night and then we get on the bus and go home like we've never since i've owned the team gone out in buffalo or rochester albany will be the same thing i would imagine right yeah i would think so like where the guys just we get on the bus and we go home after those games. So, you know, we don't experience those nights out, but I'm sure Vegas will be up there oh, quickly on the top yes. of the list. Well, and, the new uh, cities that are coming in, like I haven't been to San Diego yet. I've I've never been – well, I've been to Philly, but not for a Wings game, which I hear as far as like the sporting setup down there is like the best yeah, in Philly's North America. Pretty, uh, Philly's pretty cool. Yeah. It's uh, just the differences you're, where you're set up. Like that's the beauty of Denver is, you know, you stay at a hotel right downtown right. where all the restaurants yeah. and everything is, and it's five minutes from the arena, and you can basically walk everywhere you want to go, and it's just where Philly's – I mean, it's, it is a great sports city. The, the sports complexes are just awesome how all of their arenas are basically right side by side there, and it's quite a spectacle, but, you know, like – to get downtown for a cheesesteak is, you know, a half an hour adventure. And okay. It's just, you know, there's, it, it's not as, 
you know, obviously I, yeah. well, this is it. Denver, like, but it's very, very convenient for everything kind of in that city. Yeah, Chipotle right there as well, right? Uh, Maggiano's, yeah. all of it. So I've never been to, to, to a Wings game. I haven't been to a Riptide game either, but I've been, been to Long Island. I've been to New York. Um, but San Diego, Panther City, Las Vegas, and Halifax, four places I've never been that – I think could rank right up there as far as league experience. Like Vancouver, I'm spoiled because it's my hometown. But um, I think those four cities, like, man, they are high on my list to want to wanna visit and check out a game. Yeah, I get it. Um, I've been to most of them. I haven't been to – well, I actually have been to Fort Worth, but that would have been a, a very long time ago. So um, I've never been to New York. We didn't play in New York last year. Um, you know, I've never been to the Coliseum before. Uh, so, you know, kind of looking forward and obviously being Tommy's hometown, you know, I think I'm, I'm, we're looking forward to going to New York as a team and supporting him there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, some, some good cities, San Diego, I, I've been once to a Super Bowl there a long time ago. Um, yeah, I've been I to San Diego. I've just never been to, yeah. to a SEALs game and, and it's kind of, yeah, I, well, we played there last year. We played there last year and it was, uh. You know, it, it's a journey, that's for sure. But as a team that, <laughs> yeah. hey, it's a nice little flight down the West Coast. And stuff like yeah. this, uh... You're spoiled. Never mind, man. You've told me like that. You, if you take like four or five flights in a year, that's a lot for Toronto, where other teams are, you know, doing it every second weekend. So, uh, one one trip down to San Diego could be could be. I worse. think we do. I think we do six. Is what we do a <laughs> okay. year. And yeah, we're we're a little spoiled. We become used to that and. You know, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is, I know. Uh, listen, this dra- I've seen the emails coming from, from Brian Lemon about the draft list. That's just guys that are been drafted that are going back to school. I just want to clarify that for, for every time I see it. That's correct, right? Sorry, come again? Draft list. So I see today the Saskatchewan Rush have placed Barnable and Boudreaux on the draft yes, list. Yes, yes. Yeah, you're bang on. Those are all kids going back to school for – a fifth year of NCAA eligibility. Okay. Last question I got for you is when is the NLL schedule coming out? That's a great question. I got someone asking <laughs> me that every day. There it is. I there got, you go. I, I got, gave you one. You set me up for that. I know you were. Um, I love Listen, it. I think we're – Close. We're, yeah. I mean, I, I think hopefully a week – maybe, you know, shouldn't be more than two weeks, I don't think, from now. This is usually when it comes out. I think they've got the NHL dates that they need. You know, it's just a matter of when you plug all those teams and those dates into that computer program, you know, how well that that all pieces together. So that a computer program, I thought it was like Evan Scheminauer getting subcontracted, just, uh, you know, doing the matrix in his brain, working that schedule out there. No? I don't believe that is the case. Um, <laughs> okay. No, and listen, I mean, it, it, it is probably, I think Brian Lemon would probably tell you it's probably one of his toughest yeah. jobs. I think he has told me that, actually. It, 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 everything's dictated on dates. Like, I remember when I used to play at Scotiabank Arena, and I've said this before, they used to give me 10 dates, and I had to submit those to the league. The league wanted 12, but they couldn't. they, they couldn't give me 12. And basically, I'd get nine of those dates. So 
it kind of dictates who plays who. If I'm if I'm yeah. got a home date in for so January some teams 5th, will be way more flexible than others. Absolutely, and and you don't, but not just flexible. I mean, you request your home date, sure. so it, it it matters if my date. You know, if well, I put you being in January the primary 5th, tenant now puts in January fifth. That means we can't play each other that night. Right. You know what I mean? So right. that's why the schedule is so challenging because, you know, it's not like they can just say, okay, here's the schedule, and then we just take our dates at our arena. We work backwards, yeah. and we give them our arena dates and then force them to, to fit the schedule into that. Yeah, and it's different for every – like Philly, Colorado, Buffalo, they have – NHL teams they got to deal with. Some have NBA teams they got to deal with as well. But then you have owners like you, you just became a primary tenant in Hamilton, Georgia, Rochester, Saskatchewan, I think gets preferential treatment there as well. So um, it's different for every team. And it's just, it's a long process to kind of work through and, and make happen. Absolutely. And then and at the end of the day, you want the, you know, you got to, it can't just be, you know, sometimes teams get what what would per, be perceived as tougher or or easier right. schedules yeah. as far as like bye weeks and this and that. But that's not the league. That's that's just the date. Back to the dates that they're given. Those dictate who the whole puzzle has to fit together. Yeah. And and when they put the puzzle together, it dictates who you're playing, and you know whether you're going to have to take back-to-back bye weeks just because of the way it works out or not so yeah and they're um, doing it trying to be fair like as fair as they possibly can with it right sometimes it's just yeah like it it's just you can't do anything about it and that's the world we're living in i think that's all the, the the softies i got for you jamie let's get into the big focus Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Another than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. Big focus this week, Jimmy. Uh, again, I did not send you show notes, so you have no idea what the big focus is this week. Uh, any questions? Let's, let's get this. Let's just get this out there. You sent me show notes the first week. <laughs> And not since then. So show notes are not a normal thing for me. It's just I'm, I'm flying by the seat I love of my pants every time. And I love it because, you know, like Challoner, like he would be like he'd want his show notes on, on Thursday. Like give it to him like he so he can prep and he's got sheets of paper. Evan was kind of the same way. He he likes to to know what's going on, what I'm about to ask him so he can prepare. Me, honestly, like wh- how I prepare for the podcast, and I don't even know if people are interested in this or not, but I'm gonna tell him anyway, is I, I literally just kind of peruse social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or whatever, and when things catch my eye, I just kind of add them to this, like, running document I have, and I just kind of, throughout the week, fill this thing up, and when I get closer to, to recording time, I just kind of plot things down, and okay, this is going here, this is going here, and and that's how I do it. Like, it's literally on my phone in my notes, and that's... <laughs> Like, I don't write questions down for the interview. I just kind of let the conversation go where it goes. And and I know who I'm talking to, and I got a little info up on them. But that's kind of how I do it. I know everybody kind of does it a different way. But Yeah, and uh, listen, I'm honestly, just ask me. Because you can send me the show notes 
to be honest with you, I didn't read them when you sent them to me, anyway. So, like, let's just go here. Ask me. Okay. You're gonna get a. You're gonna get a good response. Well, hopefully, a good response. Yeah. Uh. Well, here, here it comes, Jamie. Uh. The question needs to be asked as this pandemic continues on here. What will the National Lacrosse League do? Should the border not be open to Canadians to travel come December. Well, the border's open, so I mean, can't drive we, across we, it. Well, you can't. Uh, you can't drive. You can't drive across that. But I mean, really, that just affects kind of Buffalo and Rochester and Albany, and I guess me a little bit because we would drive down normally to those places. But you know. My, my, my thing is we need to play this year. God, this is just me. This is just me speaking. We need to play. So, you know, unless we can't play physically, we need to find a way to be able to play. And if that meant that I might have to fly my team to Buffalo as opposed to bus my team to Buffalo, you know, I think it's something that needs to be looked into. And I think it's something that needs to be, you know, like we need to play. We need to be back. We've been gone way too long. Um, You know, so you don't see any foreseeable roadblocks with this season happening regardless. No, I, I, I don't personally like uh, there's going to be some challenges for sure. And, you know, some bumps along the way and, you know, what we do, we know exactly what each arena is going to look like, whether I'm going to be allowed to have full capacity or not. I mean, I think we know the vaccination part's all coming out now that everyone's got to be that. To me, that leads me to believe that arenas might be full with masks anyways. Um, well, I'm just looking as like far I watched as, the... as far as not playing, though, I mean, like I said, you it's not an fly option right now. You could fly right now with no quarantine. Um, so to me, we're playing, there's no option not to play and like, let's figure, you know, I still don't quite get that. How you can just fly into a city, but you can't drive into a city. Like it means it's, it's bizarre. And to be honest with you, I believe that if players have P ones, so all the players now, this won't maybe not Canadian players playing in American cities. Right. So all the Buffalo, Rochester, and Albany players, they can drive across the border. All those Canadian players that were playing in the PLL. Essential. You know, they were they were all driving across the border. They were flying into Buffalo and driving across the border, and they were considered essential with a work visa. Okay. So, you know, so maybe they can do that. Like, I believe, based on what I've been told, they can actually do that today. So, um yeah, I, listen, it's not going to be normal, normal, but I, I don't, you know, to me, not playing is not an option from from my standpoint. Good, good. That makes me feel better because, I, like, I just continue. But then I see, like, I watch the U.S. Open and their packed house. Like, tonight in Vegas for the football game, they're they're filling it up. And I know it's going a little crazy down there in the States, but it doesn't look like they're letting it slow them down anymore. They just said, like, we're, we're moving ahead here regardless. So... But like, listen, it's hap- the vaccination thing's happening. Like, 
Yeah, hear, well, let's get real you know, for a you're second. You're going to hear some announcements tomorrow. I've, I've heard about some arenas, indoor and outdoor. I mean, you know, it just, like, it, it everything's going to basically, you've got to be double vaccinated to be in a place, and hopefully, you know, that make starts your to choice. get us back to normal. Make yes, your choice. Make your choice. Live and, with and the, live with the circumstances. It, they can start to get back to, and you know, to enjoy those things in life that we that we need to be part of our life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, uh, listen, I, I think everybody knows where I come out on it by now, where you come out on it. Make your decision and live with it. Enough. Yeah. Anyways, uh, don't want to get too, I'm happy to hear the news that, that we're we're going ahead here because I just like I thought crossed my mind nobody's really brought that up or talked about it and maybe that's why because there's nothing to worry about but uh, I just wanted to play devil's advocate there and and I think uh, I liked what you said. Well, that's good. All right, uh, that is quarter number one, Jamie. We're through it and we got we got we got to buckle up here. Get safe because the dangerous one is coming up next. Dan Dawson, lacrosse the nation. Lacrosse Classified, back after this. Hey, this is NLL Hall of Famer, Patty McCready. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box across. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified as we move into quarter number two uh, here on EP 149. Lacrosse the Nation is what we do here, so let's uh, hop on the jet, Jamie Dow. It's time to go Lacrosse the Nation. Lacrosse. The nation. Lacrosse. The nation. And we have touchdown in the city of Oakville. I, 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 like, I don't do like a, a sound effect like I do after our other uh, little soundbite drops there, Jim. i got to come up with something, maybe a plane noise I'll do next time. Not this time, though, as we've touched down in Oakville, Ontario, lacrosse the nation as we welcome the dangerous one on to the, back onto the podcast. Uh, I'm not... I don't do this for the legends, Dan, and I probably should, but I feel like running down your resume would just, like, it would take a really long time to do that. So I think everybody knows what you've accomplished in your lacrosse career, an instant Hall of Famer when when he hangs him up, whenever that may be. He's coming back for another year. We're going to talk about that as well as we'll welcome Dan Dawson back to the podcast. Dan, thanks uh, thanks for doing this. I actually meant to call you this time. I don't know if, if Dan told you about this not or not, Jamie, but uh, I don't know what it was a couple of months ago. I got a guy in, in my phone that is under Dan Disc Golf. And, of course, Dan Dawson is, is right either on top of or below. So I thought I was calling Dan from Disc Golf, and, and Dan Dawson answered. I had no idea it was him on the other line. He's like, Jumbo, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I'm just up at the park. Like, where are you at? Like, you coming up? And he's like, what are you talking about? Man? So we had this, like, two-minute conversation where I thought I was talking to a different Dan, but uh, it was it was pretty funny stuff. Kind of had to be there, I guess. But, uh, Dan. Enough about all that. Welcome back to to the podcast. How are things, my friend? Good. You said, hey, Dan, you at the bar? 
and you and I thought Jamie or someone was putting you up on a prank on me. So you caught me off guard. So I had my guard up for the first little bit of that conversation until I informed you that it's not your buddy Stan Dawson from uh, yeah. Oakville, Ontario. And I quit the prank game a couple of years ago, or else I would have had some fun with that one. Oh my god! And then I realized, like, wow, then I was actually pretty pleased with myself that Dan Dawson just picked up my phone call when when I dialed. <laughs> So that was good stuff. Buddy. Yeah, no, uh, I appreciate it. And, and honestly, Dan, you're you're one of my favorite guests to have on the podcast uh, for for many reasons. This reason we're having you on is to talk a little Oakville lacrosse. Like normally, I, I told Jamie he's been co-hosting with me for last month or so. I said if I was going to call somebody up to talk Oakville lacrosse, it would be Jamie Dowick. But I'm not doing that. He go, I said so. I'm going to let you make the selection, and you were the first guy to, to pop into Jamie's head. Jamie, why don't you tell me why Dan was the first guy to pop into your head? Well, it just, you know, there was – I know he's a Burlington guy now. We'll get into that later. But, listen, Dan. Dan's uh, an Oakville boy who grew up and went through the entire um, Oakville minor program from, you know, uh, going back – you know, 25, 30 years ago now. And then he's a guy that's, you know, given a ton back to his, you know, to the program and the community that he played for growing up. And uh, I've always had a ton of respect for that. And, you know, he's now doing that in Burlington as well, but he still does it in Oakville because that's where he was born and raised. And, and I think uh, no better representative for the town of Oakville and lacrosse than uh, Dan Dawson. Well, there you uh, go. That uh, he did it. Yeah, me too. And and just before we get going here, Dan, I meant to mention off the top from from one guy who just lost his father too. I know you and Polly just uh, losing smoke and Joe, man. My sincere condolences to you and the entire Dawson clan on on that uh, great loss to your family. Hey, I appreciate that. Smoke and Joe might have been banned from a couple of arenas in Oakville over his day, so, <laughs> so now, now you can't kick him out of the arena. He's watching from up top. There you and, go. Uh, Best seat in the house. Everyone right? knows what impact he had in, in both Paul and mine and my sister's lives, so we're forever in debt to him, but uh, w- what a great man he was for uh, for minor sports in Oakville and, and our development. Well, talk. let's talk a little minor development in Oakville. I really had no idea. I thought uh, you were through through and through a Burlington guy. By the way, I can I could hear the little disdain coming out of Jamie's mouth when he just utters the word Burlington there for some reason. I don't know what that's about. But tell me about the, the minor days in, in Oakville and how it all got started for you and Polly. So the, the, really what happened in Oakville, Oakville did have an organization back in uh, the 70s, 80s, and then it, it went away for a little bit. Um, fast forward to about grade six for me, it came back in with, uh, some of the dads brought it back in that played back in the olden days. And I didn't even know what lacrosse was. I didn't start playing till grade six. My best friend down the street, Danny Phillips, his dad was a copper with my dad. And he's like, listen, I mean, this is going to offset our hockey, confined spacing. It's going to make us tougher. All the great players played it, blah, blah, blah. So honestly, whatever Danny Phillips Sr. said, my dad would just follow. And that's how I got into the game. And uh, so it's so funny. My, my sons are four and six, and I'm like, oh, man, are, are they behind with their skill development? I'm like, man, I didn't even start playing until sixth grade. Yeah. So um, I know there's um, there's a lot of – I don't want to say hatred, but dislike between Oakville and Burlington because of that invisible border called Burl Oak. Um, oh, I, I, okay. I, I, That's like the Bermuda Triangle or something right there. Yeah, I know. It's called Burl Oak, legit. 
And uh, once you cross that line, like um, growing up, we did not associate with anyone from Burlington. We did not like them. And now I stabbed Oak Fall right in the heart. And that's where my address is. <laughs> okay. So it's really like a Mimico Orangeville type of love hate relationship sort of thing. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So I, I, I tell the young kids that, listen, I'm a Burlington chief now, but everyone in Oakville knows what, what color my blood bleeds. And it's still Oakville. So sixth grade, uh, you, you picked this up. What, you know, any success coming up as a minor? Like what were your teams like? Were there any other notable guys playing Oakville lacrosse that, that fans might know of? Absolutely not. We were a BC center and we grabbed any AAA hockey guy we could and made them plays. We barely had a full bench at some tournaments. Um, so by no means were we a hotbed for lacrosse when I was growing up. And I didn't have success uh, personally until maybe my last year of lacrosse. I had a really good B Provincials of all things, B Provincials. Um, Blair Campbell was at a couple of events, and that's how I got drafted into uh, Brampton Junior A. Blair was at some of the games, and I, I played pretty well. But I was a December baby. so oh, I you're one of those, much, yeah. Yeah, so – I mean, let alone when I played against the kids that were a year older, because we had to, we didn't have a split team. So I was in 1981, and when we played with the 1980s, like we could barely, we had about six or seven players from each age group. So you were playing with the older group. So sometimes I was almost two years younger than these guys, and I would get killed out there. And I might have been a little <laughs> bit soft coming from Oakville, not going to lie. Might have pulled up on a few Lucy's. Um, but once I grew into my body in junior and understood the game, um, that's when it took off. So by no means did I have success at the minor level. And is that is that when the, the transformation really started to happen is when you hit junior? That's when you grew into your body and, and the athleticism kind of picked up from there yeah that's where it all came um my fourth year of junior i tell people my junior stats are just as bad i played five years of junior a four playoff games we got four banged in my fifth year by a saint Catharines team that had zinni kanapka um walking the center line looking at us salivating <laughs> and uh like i i don't have this well you're only one guy dad who who are who were some other guys on that brampton team that didn't pull their weight Oh, well, we'd be a chappy up front. Um, uh, Summerfields were out there. They were our toughness. Two great boys out of Scarborough. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of street cred from Oakville, so I relied on the Summerfields out there. But uh, we just we didn't have a, a good run in my five years of uh, Brampton, but I learned a lot. I had some great coaching under Eddie Como and Jeremy Talevi, all those guys, Ronnie Chatelain. Um But going back to Oakville, like to understand the game, I didn't really even pick up the game from an IQ standpoint till my last year of midget when Rob McDougal and um, Troy Cordley were my coaches. Okay. And Troy would have been about 36 to 38 when he started coaching us. So yeah, he's still playing. he was a fiery guy. Yeah. yeah, he was still playing. He was kind of at the end of his career with his ankle injury, but um, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. We're in Brampton. And he still got just, that thing, by the way, Dan. Hey, like he's, he's that ankle is oh. still injured. <laughs> Oh my God. I know. Get that uh, thing fixed. Already. Yeah, they, they had to um, make the intermissions a little bit longer at the junior A level this year, just so we could walk from the, <laughs> to the dressing room for the guys. I saw. I don't so. mean to laugh because I'm, I'm going in for surgery literally tomorrow, so I shouldn't be laughing. But, uh, man, he walks with a, a worse limp than, than I did. But back to your story. Back to your story. Yeah, so we're in Brampton, and uh, we get in this – 
shouting match and their coach gets out of thrown out of the game we get in a five-on-five brawl and here we are troy cordenly is leaving the bench going up into the stands to fight the coach on the other team that's already been kicked out and he instilled a little bit of fire in me and passion and knowledge for the game that stayed with me and Robbie McDougall, everyone knows my relationship with Robbie, how how important he is for me and his love for the game. And another guy that was instrumental in my development is a guy named uh, Bruce Donovan, late Bruce, Bruce Donovan and his dad, Bud Donovan. These guys, Bruce, he, would, he was our peewee coach. He would invite us over Saturday morning for off-ice training, or sorry, you know. Dry land stuff, yeah. Off-floor training, yeah. Dry land stuff, like you talked about a karaoke back in the day. No one knew who that was. And he'd have these 15 kids that were uh, 13, 14 years old over at his place and all on his own dime, took us out for ice cream after. And you never forget those things. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of thing that, was great about Oakville Minor. It was so pure, it was so authentic, and it was just passion. Yeah. Well, I think that's, you know, honestly something that I think separates the Six Nations and the Orangevilles and the Coquitlam and the New Westminsters from maybe maybe emerging minor associations or ones that just have been kind of muddling around is the coaching and, and guys that get to the highest level and then turn around and give back and it makes such a difference having a guy that you know maybe it's only even junior a or senior a it doesn't have to be nll but just that high level experience rather than somebody's dad stepping out of the stands and and trying to you know that maybe have a little sporting background but doesn't really know what he's coaching it makes a massive difference and i think that's honestly something that separates the the top tier from the next one right yeah i was gonna jump in there you know, you're bang on, like, and, you know, we, I know you had Orangeville on, I think Bob clearly talking about it. And, yeah. you know, to me, one of the biggest things that has made programs like that has been, you know, the alumni giving back and, and not just having da- dads that don't really understand the game coaching. And, you know, when I started to get involved with Oakville, you know, that was the biggest thing that we wanted to do. And, and Dan's always been one to give us time to help out, but, you know, to bring in, you know, real coaching and, 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 and I think we saw, we saw the payoff, um, you know, and Dan talks about a BC center. I mean, I, I think Oakville's, you know, today is one of the stronger A centers in, in the province and, and it has been for a while and will be for, you know, continued moving forward. So, yeah, um, that, that is a huge, huge factor and, and what makes great, um, to me makes great lacrosse cities and towns, you know, the, the guys giving back. And I think we're at that point now, Dan, like obviously you're, you're heavily involved, but you got, you got guys like crap and sec and Macintosh, uh, Danny Mac as well coming through Oakville that are now high level coaches and giving back. It may not be specifically in Oakville, but you're starting to see that talent pool that has been developed through the minor organizations and now starting to give back to the game as well. I think all those guys live in Burlington, by the way. Yeah, yeah. well, the Oakville guys, though, right? Like, I mean, uh, yeah, not everybody can afford to, to live in. No. <laughs> hey, we, Jumbo, we call it uh, poor man's Oakville. Uh, we go west of that Burl Oak Trail, man. That's where we're all headed. Uh, speaking with Dan Dawson, and, and, you know, we just talked about it a little bit, Dan, but tell me what is happening now in Oakville with the minor program, Rock Elite League, of course, happening out of the track. I know Jamie's got the MSL team there. Somebody else owns the buzz, if I'm not mistaken, but just give me the overall scene, minor to up to junior on what's happening in Oakville and, and who's, who's running these programs. 
So, you know, it, we have so many great players. You talk about Corbeil, Mac, Creppy, um, Danny Mac, Brian Cole. You got Matthew Sykes. We got Aiden Walsh, just got drafted this year. All these guys have given every Oakville player something to aspire to and say, hey, listen, I mean, Oakville, you, you can do something with your lacrosse career, which is amazing. And I think a couple of years ago, we had a we had a junior C team. We had a junior A team. We got a senior team growing up. We had Beaches versus Burlington at Oakville Arena in an exhibition game, and that was the only time we saw level of lacrosse past Midget in Oakville growing up. Yeah. And, you know, you heard about this Buffalo Bandits over the border when we played Friendship Tournament versus the Rochester Americans AAA hockey. But besides that, you just didn't know about it in Oakville. And then finally, like – everywhere you turn this is now a lacrosse community and listen i know he's on the phone and i know it's the track right it's the track yeah like let's let's not kid ourselves the track might be one of the most important things to happen to Oakville lacrosse and the people that have surrounded themselves i think it's the most important by a long long yeah like i really do we were in gymnasiums, elementary school gymnasiums, yeah. training for our upcoming season. And now we have, a, what, a $10 million facility with 20, two turf pads. Think, yeah. and, and, <laughs> did, I, did I cut it off at 10? Yeah, might, more than that? Yeah, it might be more than that now. I think that was the original. Uh, Jamie, oh, he doesn't want to talk about it. I'm Listen, sure I, I, when we were negotiating a contract, I had to fudge some numbers a little bit there. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I, I own Say no uh, more. 0.5% of that, whatever that is. Yeah. Get the calculator out. So, And you got Holmesy up top, right, with the, the gym. You got it all there. Yeah. Everywhere you look, NCAA turf outdoors, like this is the premier training ground, not in Halton, not in Ontario, not in Canada, in the world. Yeah. And that's what we're doing with Trath Athletics. I would say that the last year, uh, our programming has gone to the next level. And Jamie will equate to that of the guys that he's got in place coaching and giving back to the game. That's what we need. Everyone's thirsty for more knowledge to be pushed to get to the next level. And now all these guys that have played at the pro level or NCAA, like you want to talk to these guys because they're going, they're coming back from where you want to go. And a lot of these guys are Oakville guys. And for me growing up, I had maybe there was, I didn't know him, but I heard about this guy, Brian Bending. And I don't even think he was an Oakville minor guy. Hey, Jamie, he was a white Oak guy. I think he played low. I knew his brother, actually. Yeah. I yeah. knew his brother. I never – I think you played with him in Connecticut, didn't uh, Yeah, in Boston I did. But Columbus, I, I, Columbus. No, no, in Boston. In Boston. He was in he, – check it. He was in Columbus uh, with – No, I'll correct you. Out. Trust me. <laughs> I, he, he was – listen to this. He was in Columbus the year before I got drafted there. They were reawarded an expansion team, at which point he left with that team. Oh, and then Dispersal Dan went there. Oh, stop it. We can't go down that route. We're focusing (laughs) on the organization. Honestly, just answer that. Do you know how many times in the Dispersal? It's got to be a record. You know what, guys? I'm on the clock here. i got to go train soon. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking Uh, with Dan. uh, Oh, yeah. Well, Well, tell me now, Jamie, like, with, with everything that's running through the track, and, and I'm sure you got your finger on top of the registration numbers, like what, what kind of increase have we seen over the last five years or ten years? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been great. And, uh, you know, really the last year, you know, with the COVID, the pandemic has really kind of put our thinking caps on it. We've had a lot of time to do that. We've just expanded our programming tenfold with the introduction of the Rockstars. 
which is, you know, our, our, our elite of the elite program. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, Dan, for example, very involved at, at the very young age, the introductory level, uh, the little kids and, you know, three on three programs. So we, we've seen our numbers go through the roof. We're selling programs out well in advance of them starting. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, I think it's, you know, to me, it's our commitment to providing, you know, the best programming and the best facility at the best price with the best instructors. And, and, you know, and I think we're seeing the response from that. So we're, we're real excited. Well, lay this out to me, Dan, then like, and I don't know how compact you can make this. And I know you got to get going here and we appreciate your time, but tell me like, okay, tell me like in a month, if a kid signs up for, the program there what like what was it cost what type of things are you taking these kids through from start to finish what can they expect to take away from from signing up at the at the track i'll give it to you like this i'm a new dad so i'm just getting into the hockey mix i would say roughly every hockey program starts about 50 dollars an hour 40 to 60 dollars an hour for my kids whether it's to learn to skate whatever it is here we pride ourselves like it's it's under twenty dollars an hour i think our max program was like 18 something the high performance training wow. like people are so it's so refreshing to dads when they say like, I just love this sport. Cause one, it's affordable. These kids are interacting with the best players in the world in this multi-million dollar facility. Are, are, are like, are you kidding me at the same time getting really good training and getting a really good rep count in, in the wintertime? Yeah. Like this is unheard of. Right. Yeah. And I know I say like, I wish there was a thousand human dialects, but I don't know how every city or municipality has not come in this place and say, Hey, we need one in every town if we want to grow this game, but we're just so lucky that it's in my hometown. I know I'm in Burlington now, but it's only 15 minutes door to door for me. And I'm here a lot. I'm, you know, I, I love it. It's a dream come true. And it allows me to give back a little bit at the same time. It allows me to build some programming based around uh, my kids. So now they can do my program. So I'm not away from them all the time. Yeah. They're just doing the stuff that I'm running. So it's easy. And then you got child to like wrangle him up when you need a break and uh, he takes care of him for you. Right. I, you know what? Or are you wrangling Chow yeah. up with your kids and taking care of him? I was in a Easter Steel's hockey tournament this week. Uh, my mom couldn't get to the kids, so I had Adam and Chow and take my kids to school. They were at my house for 6.30. Like, you talk about awesome teammates and awesome role models for my kids. Like, we're so lucky, man. These kids are throwing the ball around with Chow and Rogers, one of the best lacrosse <laughs> players in the world. Like, that's what it's all about. Their dad's nobody, right? Like, Well, that's not. Awesome. Come on. All-time leading scorer for a right-hander in National Cross League history. Uh, multi-time, like, Dan, let's get real here. And uh, my, while, while we're on the subject here, and, and I've talked about this, Dan, because like I, it concerns me for guys like yourself and, and Soupy Campbell, and you can throw Brody in there and some other guys. Like the, the time off, on one hand, I think like father time, like it's undefeated and it's going to catch up to everybody eventually. But on the other end, I'm kind of thinking like these guys have played a lot of lacrosse with a lot of mild. Maybe this time off has given them a rejuvenation and, and will add a year or two onto their career where I would imagine you're probably in the best shape of your life because that's just kind of the guy you yes, are. But yes, uh, tell me, tell me how the dangerous one is feeling. Uh, what's, what's the outlook like for, for the upcoming season? Well, watching Broad play in the PLL this year, like I, I would say that that's the best I've seen him play in the outdoor game in probably three to four years. And I think you are right. Like, 
I think it, it's been good for our bodies. It allowed us to train off the floor, become, you know, a little bit stronger, a little bit faster maybe, and a little bit more longevity with the wear and the tear and the travel. At the same time, I always tell people, like, the truth will be told in training camp. Yeah. Can I bang with Adam J? Can I stay with Challen Rogers? Like, that's a great measurement for me, um, both with my confidence and stuff, because everyone knows I, I want to play this game till the end. Me my wife's the best. She's like, listen, you're doing something you love. It's your dream. We're going to ride this out as long as you can. I would never take that away from you and we enjoy it. Yeah. So um, I will say this. I will play the game as long as I can, where I can contribute at a level that everyone's accustomed to, including myself. And I felt I did that my first uh, season in Toronto and then uh, COVID hit. So um, I got a lot to prove. I, I love when people say, yeah, oh, you got nothing to prove. Are you kidding me, man? I got a lot to prove. I still love this game. I still love the grind. Um, I'm excited for training camp. I love training with the boys because then you can see what weights they're throwing up, what times they're putting up, yeah. and am I a step behind of where I am with them. Do you ever look at the record books, Dan? No, I, I, I kid you not, man. That, that's Robinski, my boy down in Rochester. That's Hammer here in Toronto. They, that's they not Dan. It's not Dan, Jumbo. No, like, I yes, know. It's just him saying that, like, and listen, let me just go back to the point you're making before, because I see it, you know, and the guy's 40 years old. And I say to people all the time, I'll bet you he's in, you know, if we did a body analysis of people in this league, I'd put him up against anyone in our entire league. And it's about his dedication to his body, you know, working out, eating, you know, mixing in the family and, you know, he's a guy that comes to the track at 11 o'clock at night after he's worked all day or been with his kids all day and puts his time in and puts his work in. So, you know, I, you can't, you know, why is he still playing at 40 years old? And, and, and I believe in better shape than anyone in this entire league um, because of the, the work and the effort that he puts into it. And, and that's, you know, that's a testament to him. And, you know, back to the whole Oakville thing, a great role model for Oakville kids to look up to, to try and, you know. He's a great like. role model so, for anybody to look up to, Jim. Absolutely. I will say, absolutely listen, the, absolutely. the innovator of the swim move, yeah, I saw it back in <laughs> 07. The very first guy to ever strap on the compression pants in the National Lacrosse League, and now everybody is doing this. I want to see some, like, two-tone, some branded compressions maybe this year, Jamie Dowick. Uh, a little Toronto Rock I special. I used to ride him so hard before he came to Toronto. I probably no one in this league gave him a tougher time about wearing tights and whatever. Oh but, man, the first time I know. saw it, I was like, my oh, yeah. word! Like it was the most foreign thing I'd ever seen on a lacrosse player before, <laughs> and now it is like the norm. It's almost weird to not see it now. These guys, uh, you're trendsetter, man. I'll tell you this: in Rochester, one of my boys, I love playing with him, and one of the greatest righties in the game right now, Randy Stats. I'm in Rochester, first year in the league. He's like, "You got your wife's leggings on, Danny? <laughs> next year, next year, Randy's got the uh, leggings on. Uh, like, Whatever, Randy." <laughs> <laughs> it's That's incredible. Awesome. Dan, uh, this is always a pleasure to get you on the podcast. I know I love it, and I know that our listeners do as well. Thanks for doing this. I'll let you get to your training. And can't wait to see uh, the dangerous one, number six, out there in a Toronto Rock uniform in a couple months, man. Thanks, guys. And I really appreciate your time and all the support of the game. And listen, go Oakville, go Burlington. <laughs> Par- <laughs> parting shots from the dangerous Dan Dawson. Uh, Jamie, that 
was electric. I knew it was going to be anytime you get Danny Dawson on the line, it's going to be a good interview. No exception there. We got to get to break, though. It's halftime here on Lax Class. We're going to the third quarter where Quick Sticks are coming up next. Keep it right here. Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey, this is Jason Noble from the Toronto Rock. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lax Class. We're into the second half, and this is three weeks in a row now, Jamie, where I forgot to thank our friends at Stampede Tack and Westernwear after Lacrosse the Nation. I'm going to put that solely on you moving forward. You need to remind me to do that so I don't forget again. Uh, so we're doing it here in quarter three once again, and I'm just going to find a good one to read here. Uh, by the way, at Stampede Tack and Westernwear, $15 flat shipping across the board when you shop local if you spend 50 bucks or more before taxes. So that's that's a bargain in its own right, right there. But, you know, you're going to, when you shop at stampede.ca, you're probably going to spend more than 50 bucks because there's so many different things that are going to catch your eye when you hit this website. Boots, hats, hoodies, jackets, T-shirts, overalls, toques, you name it. They got it all at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. They've been there since 1966. Cloverdale, Highway 10, 180th. Or, again, shop online. It's still shopping local at stampede.ca. Now, Jamie, uh, quick sticks are coming up here. And normally, I would only do one read per quarter here. But because I forgot in quarter number two, I got to do another one right now. And that's our brand new sponsor, the National Lacrosse League. Uh, Speaking of, Jamie, the Vancouver Warriors are on board here. The National Lacrosse League is on board with Lacrosse Classified. I know you are donating your time here on Lax Class, but I'm kind of thinking, like, probably a bunch of Toronto Rock fans are listening to this podcast, Jamie. So it might be time to have a conversation and get the rock on board. And that way we can start talking about some of the fun things that Toronto is going to be doing for the upcoming season. Just putting that out there right now. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I see what you're doing here. I keep going. Keep All right. Going. <laughs> so the national lacrosse league, uh, do you have your NLL gear ready for face-off weekend yet? Jamie just talked about it. It's happening. It's happening in December. So get ready for face-off weekend. For my listeners in Canada, and I know that's a good portion of you, check out the new NLL shopping experience at fanatics.ca. That's the key right there, people. Fanatics.ca. That stands for Canada. Get local pricing and shipping options right there. All 14 teams are active, including Albany, Panther City. They even got the new Roughnecks swag going at fanatics.ca. Jerseys, hats, tees, and more. Get your merchandise now from NLLshop.com or fanatics.ca. Proud new sponsors of Quick Sticks here on the podcast, Jamie. And let me just have have a look here and see what I got for Quick Sticks this week. Uh, Well, I think that was... Let me just echo that fanatics.ca thing. Because, you know, as a Canadian, when you order something from fanatics.com, you pay in U.S. dollars. Then you got to pay shipping. Then you got to pay duty when it gets to the border. And at the end of the day, you know, a hundred dollar jersey is now you're paying over two hundred bucks Canadian by the time it gets here. But now with the fanatics.ca, 
you're 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 paying in Canadian dollars. You know, there's no duty on on shipping and stuff like that. So it's perfect. It's really easy access to any, um, you know, hopefully rock merchandise, but any NLL merchandise that anyone wants to get, it, it makes it way easier for everyone. So that that's huge. Did we? Did we talk about the Calgary Roughnecks and their new uniforms, Jamie? I can't. I think we did last week, right? No, I don't believe. No, we didn't because they announced it last Wednesday. So okay. we have not discussed that. Uh, your thoughts? I, this kind of came out of nowhere for me. Uh, you know, they they were teasing it, big the big announcement coming, and it was big, like brand new turf there at the Saddle Dome, WestJet, which. I think getting lost in the in the shuffle of a lot of this, and I think it was Dan Lomas that, that made the point on Twitter that, you know, say what you want about the jersey, say what you want about the turf, but the fact that a company like WestJet has hopped on board with a team like Calgary and the National Lacrosse League, I don't, like, this is big-time stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. I would have to, uh, without knowing the details of the deal, I would have to think that that might want be one of the larger, if the if not the largest um, sponsorship deal with one company in our in our league. Um, you know they've made a huge commitment. They've done the turf in WestJet's colors, and uh, you know so you can you, the commitment is obviously there, and you're not just a short term thing. Yeah. And you know I would assume I know they've taken a lot of heat over the jerseys. Um, you know, I, and I don't know this, I'm just guessing, but I would assume that, you know, red is kind of air Canada's colors right. and, and what is West jets biggest competitor. Yeah. And uh, you I know, didn't I even think, think about air, that. And, I just kind of thought, you know, Stampeders, flames, red, red. Yeah. Turf, I don't think it works. So, you know, they didn't change the logo. Yeah. They changed the color and, and Calgary's town, you know, I, I think of it as a red town, but this is a huge deal for for Calgary, I'm sure, and uh, you know I take my hat off to it, and and you know welcome WestJet, uh, you know into the league in that in that role. Yeah, me too. Um, and I think you know you'll get you'll get over. It. I don't know if goalies are gonna. Let, there could be a lot of goals scored in Calgary with the white ball and that turf. Like I don't think the goalie union was particularly happy with the color choice of the turf. So yeah, we can, they'll get used to you know maybe it becomes a home field advantage because they get used to it. Yeah. Like you know, listen, there's all sorts of weird, different color turfs popping up around the league, and you know everyone's got a new different idea. And I remember when we put the blue creases in everyone looked at us like we were from mars so you know times change and things change and you know i i don't think that's going to be a huge issue and and like i said maybe probably turn out if anything to be an advantage for the home team than the away team so you know hey there you go that's what home field advantage is all about uh speaking of home field advantage uh i think we should go with home floor advantage personally i hate the field thing uh, when it comes to box grass just so you know jimmy but uh Home floor, take it. Yeah, uh, home floor advantage. Uh, the Halifax Thunderbirds will have some of that as they have locked up the Cyborg Jamie for five years. And seen Kurt do this a couple times. Hand out some long. Jameson, I think, got a ten-year deal one time. Stainhouse with a long deal one year there in Buffalo. Cyborg five years, best defender in the National Lacrosse League. I think this is a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I said, you know, Kurt did do Cody for 10 years a long time ago. I think, uh, 
I opened a lot of people's eyes a couple of years ago. Challen. Started the pandemic when I signed Challen for seven years. And right. Brad Creek for five years. Um, you know, and then you've now seen Halifax do that with uh, Jake Withers and and now uh, Graham Hosek. I mean, listen. Smart. Um, Graham Hosek's a beast. You know, I think, uh, you know, the, 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 the arguably the best in the game and a young stud and uh you know yeah I'd, I'd lock them up too for as long as i could um good move by them for sure terrible segue um but i'm gonna use it anyways as speaking of getting locked up i don't know if you saw this story come across your news feed or not jamie but i know where you're going yeah chase scanlon being arrested for a d WI in Upper State New York uh, over the last couple of days, and this kid being a former Adnac and, and winning a Minto Cup with them in, in 2018, and, and kind of getting to know Chase a little bit before he headed off to to Syracuse, had a lot of time for him, and I think he is just crying out for help right now from somebody, anybody. And you can sit there and, and throw stones at a glass house and, and what have you. I feel there was a part of me that was like, what the hell is this kid doing? Like, is he some kind of goof? Like, what? But now I think that he is just troubled and needs some guidance and some help. And I hope he gets the help that he desperately needs, Jamie. This this kid well, is I'm so... Sure, I'm so, listen, I'm sure you, and you might be right about that. You know, it, it's sad. I mean, obviously, great lacrosse talent. He was in our draft this year. I don't think anyone drafted him, knowing that there was pending, you know, legal issues. And now this, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, if he's crying out for help, I'm sure he's being offered it. And, and I hope he takes it because it's one thing to cry out for help. It's another thing to, you know, be willing to accept it and whatever. Good but point. Yeah, it's, it's sad when you hear these kinds of things. I don't I don't know him at all never met him um but you know like listen you don't you don't uh how many strikes you know obviously yeah well it's just it's sad and you hope you wonder you know how many how many chances you get at things and and uh you know Uh, i hope he figures it out i hope somebody helps him figure it out and you know like you said you can't you can't get better unless you want to get better and i hope he wants to get better because he he clearly needs to be uh, somebody that doesn't really need to get better, and I did, this isn't lacrosse related at all, Jamie. But just I've been watching a lot of tennis over the last couple of weeks at the U.S. Open, with Canada being on kind of a heater with with a bunch of their players. And in Layla Fernandez, this girl just captivated me. And every time that she was playing a match, I made sure to clear my schedule so I could watch her play. And she ended up, yeah, I'm with- yeah, she ended up losing in the final, and she wasn't particularly happy about the way that final ended with with the injury timeout and all the rest of it. But for her to regain her composure and to speak the way she did at her post match interview and and acknowledging the New York crowd in nine eleven, like this this young girl who just turned nineteen is a national treasure and and a young lady that I think all Canadians can look up to. Yeah, absolutely. And, and let me tell you something like I'm not really a tennis guy, played a bit as a kid, like it, but never really watch it on TV. Um, and I know the man, the, the male Canadian made a run, too. But Felix, yeah, I, I tell you something about women's tennis, man. I mean, uh, I don't know. And, and I kind of got on the bug with her, too, a bit and watched her play 
watched her last couple matches and and I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you know, uh, what was it, Andrea that won last year, and then now this girl. It, it's it's a great representative representative of our country and and a couple very well spoken, well represented people for for our you know our great country. Yeah, and, Chapo, uh, you know, Felix, it, it was Bianca, it was all of it. Yeah, it was sad to see her lose. She's you know, gonna win. But the one, She's the one gonna... flip side of it was. You know, she lost to an eighteen-year-old. Like <laughs> she, and, that girl didn't uh, lose a set and came no, through what, qualifying. What that girl, okay, so we all buy into the whole Layla thing because she's Canadian. But what that girl did, you know, I think she had to qualify yes. just to get in. Two more matches, like, yeah, unbelievable. And and so that kind of made it really tough to watch her. Like if she had lost to someone older that had won before or whatever, that would have really. You know, because you know you don't know how many opportunities you're going to get. But um, that girl, the women, women's tennis, it's the rallies, Jamie. They last longer. I mean, the shot making there was highly entertaining sports, and uh, I was very impressed. Yeah, it's the it's because the rallies last longer. They just don't blast serves past each other for the most part, and and the shot making. It's just more entertaining. I'm totally with you on on the women's game, and uh, so. Yeah, all the Canadian tennis players just they they got my attention over the last couple of weeks, and and I was fully into it. Uh, something I hope I can get to as well. I talked about uh, the Rams game I got this weekend. The thirteenth annual Beer Hunter Cup, Jamie is is coming up this weekend. I know some Rock Boys have played in this over the years. Thirteenth annual Beer Hunter Cup coming up this weekend, and I hope I can just get out there. They do a pick, big picture at kind of the halfway mark of the day, and, and it's one of my favorite days of the year. And I'm really hoping I can get out to it. Um, if you want more information on that, get a hold of me. It's on my Facebook. But it's uh, this weekend, the Saturday. Citadel Middle School is where it goes down, and Steve Hay. And a bunch of people helped put this thing on to raise some money for for a great cause. One of their former teammates that got paralyzed in a in a freak accident, so they raised money for his rehabilit rehabilitation. Um, and they've been doing this for 13 years now, man. It gets bigger and better every single year. We were talking about this. Uh, I don't know if it was last week or the week before about the ALL and how it's really one of the only leagues to help develop and work as a bit of a farm system for the National Lacrosse League. The XLL is doing that as well out here on the West Coast, Jamie, and registration is open for the XLL as we speak for a new winter season getting going on the 27th, so make sure you get your spot. But the ALL is coming west as well. And I talked to Paul St. John a little bit about this last week. Uh, We just kind of got together for a phone call and chatted about a number of different things, but I told him, I said, listen, I think this is good for lacrosse in British Columbia. More high-level senior lacrosse, the better. And one's playing Wednesday nights, the other's playing on the I think there's room for both these leagues to come in, and I think it's going to be a great thing. Yeah, I didn't know I didn't know the ALL was heading out west there. So that's, Langley uh... Event Center is kind of heading up uh, the motion here, if you will. They're, you know, Paul's back east guy, but I think uh, the good folks at the Langley Event Center are – going to put uh, the draft in place, put coaches and all the rest of it, floor time, and, and they're going to make it happen out of the LEC, four teams, and they're kind of responsible. So I don't really know who's who's going to be coaching or anything like that yet, but as more details come in, I will fill you in on that. And the last 
quick stick I got here this week, Jamie. You probably thought I forgot, but I never do. NLL 35 moments, and I think you might like this one. You know where I'm going with this? Well, I do, and this ties into our guest so well today because go ahead. Okay, you're, you're well, it's about Rosie. Yeah, it's your boy, Nick Rose. And I was actually in Toronto for the second one of these. As Nick Rose becomes the only goaltender to score two goals in a season. got to, I think he's got three in his career, but he scored two in one season, recorded a goal on February 18th against Rochester in a 10-6 victory. Six games later, he buried his second. I still get a kick out of Pete McFedridge trying to run back and catch the ball before it goes in the net. He had it, and he just, like, totally whiffed on it. 13-7 as Rosie scores again in a 13-7 victory over the Vancouver Stealth. And you'll see yeah, some those go- are fun, man. Those are exciting moments. Like, oh, yeah. I called the know. Tyler Richards goal. I called that Nick Rose goal. And it's like. Well, usually you're up in the game and you don't do it in like one goal game. No, of course not. But it, but it usually ices a game. And, and the best part about the clip the NLL put out, of course, all you see is Dawson running back and running into the net. And so, you know, on our group chat, uh, everyone said, oh, you couldn't, couldn't run it. Couldn't run any faster there. Or, you know, like, so we, we ribbed him pretty hard about that, but yeah, Rosie's pretty good at that. And, you know, the best part about Rosie with that whole situation is he understands the game and when the time is to take that chance yeah. and when the time is not to take that chance. And, and it is exciting, but there are times to do it and there are times not to do it. And, and uh, you know, yeah, fun thing for a goalie to do. He it's, pecked the uh, corner on, on the first one too, like top. Yeah, check. no, I, I, I can remember them clear as day. Like, and the other one I think was against Buffalo. No, it's been against uh, Vancouver. It was against Vancouver. Well, no, but the, what you're saying. Oh, the third goal, two. the third goal. Yeah. yeah. It was against, you know, so uh, it's just, it's fun, man. It's good for him. Usually comes with a win. Uh, when your goalie's scoring an empty net goal, so and it's it like he's practiced that, that a bunch. Like I don't know how many times he oh, stood they, at the they track. All do that. And, they oh, throw I know. Those, all those goalies throw those balls all the way down and try and score all the time. And it's like way harder than you would think it is. Like uh, it's it's not an easy thing to do to throw a lacrosse ball two hundred feet straight down the floor and put it in the net with a player stick. Dude, Never I can't. Goal. I I can't even throw a. Imagine this in the summer with the Woodies when they used. I can't even throw a goalie Woody. Like <laughs> I, I, I just like I can't even do it. Like it's so it is. It is. It's, it's a impressive, skill. But these goalies, they've all got great sticks, man, and they know how to shoot the ball. So uh, it's a, it's an entertaining part of the game for sure. No doubt, and it made NLL thirty five moments this week, so you know it was entertaining. Jamie, that's quarter number three. That means we have one quarter left to get to, and it's our Stampede. Stallion of the week coming up in quarter four. Keep it right here on lacrosse flash podcast network. Associated labels and packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service with 40 years of experience an extensive product catalog and an ever growing fleet of equipment. Associated labels and packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Bruce Codd, head coach of the Junior A Orangeville Northman. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified. 
Welcome back. Final quarter. No more breaks here on Lacrosse Classified, but I do want to take a quick break here and let you know about Associated Labels and Packaging. Um, I got to say this right here, right now. The, the big boss, Sean Ashworth, his wife gained a very scary situation uh, over the last couple of days. She's in good health now, but went through a real scary time. So I want to give my best out to Karen, who suffered this very rare type of heart attack and, and, you know, was, I guess, candid enough to put it out on social media, kind of what she went through and now how to look for these things. And man, scary, scary stuff. Like she's a healthy young lady and, and got a real scare. So thoughts going out to, to Karen and the Ashworth family right now, but associate labels and packaging. I've been saying this for the better part of three years now. I think Jamie, ALP has been on board since day one. These are the best in the business when it comes to labels and packaging. They offer you quality premium labels, an unparalleled service, over 40 years of experience. You're not going to go wrong if you need a label or packaging when you go with Associated Labels and Packaging at AssociatedLP.com. Do it and do it often, and uh, that's how you support this podcast. Jamie, tighten up the, the Stetson, cinch up the belt buckle. We're heading for the Stampede Stables. Mount up! <laughs> Stampede Tack and Western Wear Stables, Jamie Dowick. It is your selection this week. I... I kind of teased it off the top here. This guy spent his entire career in a Toronto Rock uniform, and I'm a little surprised that we had not picked this guy as it was yet, but another Rock boy, and I think another Orangeville boy, if I'm not mistaken. No, joining. no, not no? Orangeville, not Orangeville, okay. no. I think he played his junior there, though, maybe, right? But he's not no, from there. No. no, no. Okay, I'm wrong on that. He's, I don't want to give it away, but this guy um... – yeah, I, I'm surprised uh, he hadn't been picked as well. You know, not only a stampede stallion, but just an absolute stud of a guy. Well, I'm going to uh, let you I, lay it I, out. Tell me who this hey, week's stallion is. I, and, and listen, I know I picked another rock guy, but, you know, I think you're starting to learn that maybe doing my homework in high school wasn't one of my strongest <laughs> suits. And, you know, as, as you sent me a text today to remind me I'm in charge of the stallion of the week, my brain starts going and it always reverts back to the rock. But but like you said, I think this guy fits the bill. Um, he does. No yeah, question. I, about he, it. He, he started with the rock out of junior B, um, maybe a connection through John Lovell, got invited to camp, probably was never supposed to make it um, and did make it. And I, I, you know, went on to play, I, I want to say almost, I think 14 12, years in 12 years. or something like 12 that. 12 years, yeah. 12 years. He was the, he was the longest serving Toronto sports athlete for a long time there. And, uh, you know, an absolute beauty on and off the floor, an absolute great teammate. And uh, this week's Stampede Stallion of the Week is none other than uh, Rob, Rob Marshall. The Sheriff. And the sheriff exactly and from Alora. 
Yeah. Uh, okay, Arthur. One of, one of founders with the Mohawks there. and uh, I got him down, actually. Know. I thought he played his junior A in, in Orangeville. I could be wrong on that, but I got him down here as the pride of Mount Forest, Ontario, which I have no idea. I assume this is close to Arthur, Ontario, where I think he makes his home. Sorry, now. sorry. not Ar- I shouldn't say Alora. He's an Arthur boy, Okay, and that, you're bang on. He's Arthur. He played for the Mohawks. I don't think he ever played junior A lacrosse. Like I said, when that's he, crazy. Uh, yeah, as well as real with the Rock, he was I think straight out of junior B. Listen, um, I read the article. You actually got a quote in this article on IL Indoor talking about Rob Marshall when he retired, and you're right. He was coming off the of Founders with the Alora Warhawks and got the invite from T. Like I don't know if T was probably yeah. watching the Founders. He's like, well, it's, I see a little something in this guy. And made the Toronto Rock. I'm sure Rock, John Lovell was involved there, okay. too, for sure. Him and they were very tight. Made the Toronto Rock a year after winning your fifth championship in seven years. Made the team the following year. And, like, as a walk-on at a junior B, that that's impressive. Did get that Champions Cup in, in 2011, of course. And... Went out on his own terms, like he said. He like he battled some injuries in the last year of his career and didn't want to have anybody tell him it was time to go. And he felt like, okay, this is it. Um, but what a career! And, and not a lot of guys do it anymore, Jamie, where they spend their entire career with one team. And and the sheriff did that twelve years all with Toronto. Yeah, what a beauty! And and you know, like for my time with him, you know, it was kind of Marsh and Beards were the, were the couple and. And Doyle was kind of the third wheel with those two. Okay. And it was just, uh, you know, uh, awesome, awesome player. Probably doesn't, I mean, he was a good scorer in transition. Probably doesn't have a ton of, uh, ton of personal stats, but I can tell you this, he was a great teammate. He was a winner. And, uh, you know, I think he defines what a Stampede Stallion is. I think you're bang on. 159 games in the National Cross League. 86 points in those 159. 17 playoff games as well, which I think tells you a lot about the career of Rob Marshall. If you're playing 17 playoff games in an NLL career, you're in the playoffs a lot. So there you go, uh, Rob, the Sheriff. Marshall, welcome to the Stampede Tack and Western Wear Stable you're, you're the stallion this week, man. So congrats on that. Jamie, I forgot to do it off the top of the quarter, so i got to let people know if you want to follow along on social media, you can do that on Instagram and Twitter, Lacrosse Classified and Lax Class, respectively. Jamie is at Jay Dowick. I'm at PXP for Sports. Of course, wherever you're listening to this podcast, hit the subscribe button, throw down a review as well. I say this every week. I'm going to continue to do it just for our new listeners in case they haven't done it yet. Uh, send down a review, subscribe to that podcast, and we got a Facebook page, and we got an email as well at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Another big episode here, Jamie. I'd no promise is here on episode 150, as I'm really not sure what kind of condition I'm going to be in a week from today. Hopefully well enough to either stand or sit with my knees below my hips and record another podcast here. So we hope to be back next week. I want to thank Dan Dawson for coming on the podcast. I want to thank our sponsors as well. One more time, Stampede Tack, the Vancouver Warriors, Associate Labels and Packaging, the National Cross League, and I'm just going to say it, soon to be Toronto Rock, a proud new sponsor of the podcast as well as I'll just lay down the foundation right now. <laughs> Jamie, thanks for doing this another week. We're going to talk to you throughout next week and, and hopefully hammer
hammer out another plan for next week's episode. Until then, for Jamie Dowick, I've been Jake Elliott, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified. <laughs>